baseball season at Three Punk Ales, home of La Flama Blanca Pale Mexican Lager. Located in the heart of the South Bay at 259 Third Avenue, Chula Vista. We're just a minor threat. Three Punk Ales. You're listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. are here with another episode of Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. New week, new person to speak to. But this young man right here, we we went to school together, but we did not know each other. We've been running in the same circles, but always on the opposite ends of that circle. Got a chance to get reacquainted with him through one of our mutual homies. And Justin Clint Lipford of the YMCA... Welcome, bro. I'm happy. I'm happy our paths cross again because uh, I feel like I've learned a lot from you. Just like in the short time that we've kind of hung out, you've mm-hmm. you've thrown some things my way. But who are you? What are you all about? <laughs> Why are you here? Yeah, right on, man. Well, hey, number one, thank you for having me. Um, you're right. How the whole circle things happen. You know, uh, Chula Vista is a small but big place, and. And, you know, for me, it's, it's always been about the connections and the people that, that keep us grounded. And, and, you know, basically, I'm just a, a dude who born and raised here in Chula Vista, 1978, Bay General Hospital. Uh, stayed here all but one year of my life, man. I, I moved to North Park for a year. I said, you know, I need to come back home. So when was the North Park experience? North Park was before North Park was North Park. When North, North Park, Park when, used to be when North Park was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think people still forget, man. Yeah. North Park. North Park's got that 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 uh that dark side still, man. Yeah. It's got that hood mentality. Oh yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's not it, all like uh, skinny jeans and and, exactly. and uh, flannels and and crazy facial hair, man. You got some crazy facial hair too. Yeah, man. yeah. Well, that's that's, that's grown. <laughs> now, nah, man. Yeah, North Park was a uh, a different experience, but at the time I was there, this is about a uh, I don't know, fifteen years ago. It was a uh, it, it was still a, a place where you can go to a local bar and have a good time, still in, enjoy all that nightlife can offer without being in downtown, right? But Chula Vista has been home, man. I, I've lived in all parts of Chula Vista from from over off of Fourth Avenue, right around the corner off of Vance to to the family did good for a little bit. We moved to Benita, so that's oh. how I ended up in the Benita the Benito area. And then we said, you know what? Let's move over to the River Bottom, over by Castle Park. So I lived over there. Isn't that crazy though? The 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 Bonita experience. Everybody who's local here in Chula Vista realizes, or even like Southern, like South County, it's like, oh, Bonita, Bonita. It's like everybody's journey that I know has been the same to Bonita. Yeah. They didn't start in Bonita, but yeah. that was like the ultimate like destination. Straight we up. were like in San Isidro, Paradise yeah. Hills, yeah. and then Bonita. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, you made it. We're, we found the made it. We're in yeah, Bonita. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're uh, what was, you were the the rich white people went, is how my family would refer to me as. Bonita. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, Bonita was great, man. Because if it wasn't for Bonita, I wouldn't have had exposure to all the diversity that you talk about on the podcast, right? I mean, if you, you always say, if you're from South Bay, you're not necessarily a thing. You're a part of a bigger ecosystem. And, and that's what it was for me, man. And, and you know, I, I 
my wife uh, graduated the same year as me, 96, um, from Benita. We actually went to junior high together when it was a junior high before Kim Middle went to high school, graduated. But we were actually on the complete different side of town uh, as far as social circles went. And so we had a chance to to reconnect when we were 23. And we've been together ever since. Uh, I have two kids, Samuel and Lucille. My, my daughter's 10 and my son's five. And, uh, and basically, man, I mean, I'm happy for this opportunity because, you know, the times I've met you, uh, when you were coming up here, when you were, the Elwood and, and our mutual homie, Reggie, shout out to Reg, um, DJ Reg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, basically I, I'm attracted to energy, man. And, uh, the spirit you've always had, the way you greet people, the way you just kind of bring your full self, something that I'm, I'm all about. And, um, I felt, you know what, if I could reach out to some people to be a part of what we're going to be talking about, I want to start with you, you know? Well, I appreciate that, man. Honestly, um, the quarantine is something that has kind of, I feel like, yeah, for better, for worse, changed me. I want to say for better. You know, yeah. it's like I, I've been bringing in more people, not necessarily to the podcast, but just like into my life, which is weird because during the pandemic, you don't really meet new people, right. you know. Right. But uh, I mean, certain opportunities have arisen during the pandemic because I had a lot of time to just kind of sit back, reflect on how, how do I want to um, proceed one, with the podcast, two, with my businesses, three, with my family, four, just me. How do I want to keep mm -hmm. going forward? Um, and now is like time is turning. The pages are turning. Pandemic, quarantine, reflection. People like you, man, people who have like a cause. Yeah. I, I try to like vibe off of that. I try to like be like a vampire, be like, you know what? I need to learn to be more like Justin. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's a reason Justin and I cross paths. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy we have, man, because yeah. like we're about to get into you're part of a bigger a, a bigger journey that we're going to go through. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a trip to the, the pandemic, right? Like it's given us nothing but introspection. You yeah. Know? Um, for better or for worse, too yeah, much time yeah, to think. Yeah, too much time yeah. to think. You know, and, and I, by nature, I'm an introvert, man. By nature, I'm at home in the garden, just posted. I keep my social circle very small. But um, I do appreciate, again, the energy of others, man. And, and you know, through my kind of introspective moments for this pandemic, I was like, you know what? I want to really start making roots with relationships in the business community, and I want to start here in Chula Vista. I mean, my, my father owned a business um, in Chula Vista, did really well for, for over a decade. And, you know, and, and so I respect the, the small business mindset, and I respect that hustle and that grind. And, you know, I remember, man, there's times where business was doing great, you know, we, Real talk, dude. My dad didn't graduate from, he didn't pass eighth grade, dude. And he spent a big part of his life in the penitentiary system here in California. But he had a hustle and a grind. And when he got out, um, he put something together and it made it work. And he found a way to hustle the right way. And, you know, I remember when that business was doing well, dude, this dude, when we were in junior high, he went and bought a brand new Corvette and a brand new Mercedes cash money, dude. And, <laughs> and, and you know, for him, man, I mean, he, he wasn't wealthy minded, man, but he just for the first time in his life made it right. So I, I remember seeing that and seeing that joy. But I also remember seeing as he got older, losing the energy to keep the hustle alive. Right. And then and then seeing the stresses that came with the business and trying to stay relevant, you know, so. That grind, I respect tremendously. And, and that's, again, going back to why I believe in partnering with small business, because if anyone gets the grind mentality and the power of relationships, it's, it's those that are in the business, man. And I think our age group, you know, I'm, I'm 42. I think, what, you're 41? 41, sir. Right? So we're... we're sir, because you're older. Yeah, yeah, that, right, right. <laughs> but it's a trip because... Uh, to me, I still feel I still feel 27 at heart, man. The mm -hmm. way the way I think, the way I pursue this world, 
but I also accept the responsibility of being at this age, man. I feel like it's about giving back to the next generation below us and even below them, right? And, and really being able to kind of pass along the wisdom that we've got from life, man, about how to secure relationships and how to respect the people around you and, and how to look at the bigger picture, you know? And, and, and that's, that's, to me, it was what it's all about. And with this age range, I just think that like, yo, at 42, look how fast 42 came. And then think how fast 10 years from now is going to come. I know. That's crazy, man. It's wild, right? That's crazy. Yeah, man. And at our age, I feel like we, like we know how to cultivate relationships and we should know how to like just kind of sever ties with things that aren't working for yeah, us. Man. At yeah. the same time, when you're growing, you got to learn how to like at least minimize and, and, and narrow your scope yeah. to make sure you're not wasting time. Yeah. Because yeah. now, like you said, man, a decade will come here in a quick second. Yeah, bro. You know, it'll be fast. So we got to learn just how to quality relationships. Bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, and... and you know, on those sleepless nights, man, I, I'll, I'll be up just contemplating the whole, everything under the sun. And I'll be looking at like, what, what in fact is going to be the totality of my life? You mm-hmm. know, what, what am I all about? What have I brought to this world? And, and then even breaking it down, like, what am I bringing to my, my household, man? How, you know, what, how will my kids look back on me as a dad? How will my wife look, you know, on, how does she think of our relationship, right? How do my neighbors think of me, right? And, and not that I'm like driven by, by public perception, but at the same time, like, I hope, I hope my impact was a positive one. Yeah. And that's important to me. Public know? perception doesn't matter until it's negative. Yeah. And at that point, you know, it's like, oh shit, yeah. I better straighten up. up. I better act Shut right. Up. I better, yeah. you know, there's a lot of eyes now on me. Relevant eyes, you know, like you said, your kids, your family, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, YMCA. Yeah. What's up with the YMCA? Yeah. What do you do at the YMCA? Yeah. And how did you end up at the YMCA? Uh, let, let's start let's start from the back, the past, and we'll move to the present, dude. But basically, I've been in social services for... 22 years. And what that really means, because it's kind of a broad term, is, is I've been working with what we call community-based organizations, so small nonprofits that have particular missions in helping the community. So I started with an organization here in Chula Vista. It's, it's, it's heartfelt to me. It's called South Bay Community Services. Got a job. I was at Southwestern College trying to figure out my life. And, and one of the homies came up to me and said, yo, I got this job where we go out on the streets and we talk to other youngsters our age, so at the time like 20, right, 21, and what we would do is we would talk about opportunities to get off the streets. So that's, that's if, you were, if you were homeless and you needed shelter, if you were in a gang and you wanted to get out of that lifestyle, uh, if you were in human trafficking, you wanted to get out of that mix. Like our whole goal was to be able to utilize our, um, our age and our peer group to provide opportunity. And up to that point, bro, I never realized social services existed, dude. Like I... I, I I was blessed enough to not have to need social services, though I know I, in retrospect, I definitely could have benefited from it. But to me, it was like, yo, I was passion driven. It was about a bigger thing. I personally have never been one who's wanted materialistic wealth. I never, when I was in high school, dude, I had no idea what I was going to do. I kind of wanted to just like travel the world and be a you know floating hippie, you know, that Benita life, right? And, uh, and so when this opportunity came to me, I took it. And that was my entry into this whole world of helping the community. Um, and when I got into that world, what, what, what was super dope is that I was surrounded by this like diverse network of, of human service workers, man. I'm talking like reformed gangsters, uh, college edu- educated people, man, like a whole a peer group of people I've never met. And I was inspired, dude. It probably, probably for the first time in my life at that point, I felt like I'm right where I, I belong. I was around individuals that were doing good things. And, and from there, man, it just, like, I absorbed everything. You know, I wanted to be the best at whatever it is I was doing. And what I found, what I was pretty good at, 
is uh, is basically like shucking and jiving with youngsters, man. Uh, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, man. Because it's such a rocky period in most of our lives, right? We're trying to come into who we are. We're looking for looking for an outlet, looking for things, looking for answers, directions. Directions, man. Yeah. Direction, right? Like, you know, we're just kind of like floating around at 18 to 21. For real, for if you're not going to college. Right. If you're not going to college, I feel like, you are. You're just yeah. floating. You're kind of trying to figure everything out. What am I going to do? Uh, I didn't go to college. I got to get a job. Yeah. What kind of job do I want to get? Right. Is this going to be a career? Right. It's just that that it's it's weird. You know? It's weird. It's a, it's a weird time in our lives. Yeah, you know. And, I, and and looking back on that, I do remember like having a group of friends that went straight to college, and another group of friends that like went into the military, and me not knowing what I was going to do. Like I never even took the SAT test, dog. I didn't even know anything about it because in my household. It was about like, how hard can you work? That blue collar mentality. Like, can you show up every single day, no matter what, and, and give it your best to whatever your trade is? And, and so that was the mentality I brought to the game, you know? And I was like, all right, cool. So when I was in social services back in the day, I'm like, I'm just going to work hard. I'm going to absorb the, the wisdom around me. And, and then I'm going to kind of do, uh, go on a triple self-discovery, man, and, and see who I am. And, and, and as I started working with these different programs, you know, start off with like after school programs in National City. Uh, I used to do gang, uh, gang prevention programs. You go into all the elementary schools around the way, mainly like in West Chula Vista, National City, talk to youngsters about like, don't get into gangs or else type stuff, right? Were you um, all tatted up at that point in life? Uh, no, I wasn't, man. I, I definitely wasn't, man. It, you know, honestly, I was the furthest thing for being a gang member. I think, I think what allowed me to be in that role was my communication style, man. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I talk to a youngster the same way I talk to you. Yeah, man. I mean, same. I feel like that. I feel like that's a South Bay quality. That's a South Bay characteristic. Yeah, we 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 all like uh, encompass that the gift of gab. You know, like I yeah. always tell wifey's like, if it's one thing I want my boys to really like wrap their hands around is how to be socially, you know, approachable yeah. and how to carry a conversation, how to be polite yeah. and respectful. Yeah. That opens doors, man. Yeah, dude. Not yeah. having that skill closes doors. Straight up. You, know, you need, I tell my boys, it's like, hey, when you meet somebody, you say, hi, I'm Sonny Garcia. You shake their hand, you look yeah. at their eyes. Hi, I'm Jackson. Shake their yeah. hand and yeah. look at their eyes. I mean, yeah. that puts people at ease. That makes you feel, that makes them feel a little bit more at ease with you. Yeah. You know, they, they feel more welcome to yeah. chat with you. Yeah. The South Bay, we talk too much, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a no. good thing. Yeah, that same playbook, man. I, I agree, man. And, and and what I think, like number one, when I meet some someone from around the way, I know instantly. I'm like, yo, where, what part? Of, what part of town did you grow up in, dog? I, you know, I, you're the West Side, East Side. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I know where where are you from, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we connect because of how they communicate. So communication is definitely. But I think not only being able to be aware and being in the moment and have those dialogues, but there's a certain authenticity that comes with it that I think people try to replicate, man. It's hard to, it's hard to be real, man. It's hard to be real and feel comfortable in your own skin and, and doing just that. At that age group, for sure. Like yes. at that, that 18 to 20 early something, for sure. Now, man, in our 40s, yeah, bro, look at it. I, I'm, this is my outfit. My yeah. outfit is I always wear jogger Adidas warm-up, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, I wear my slip-ons with socks yeah. and I wear a t-shirt. This is my outfit <laughs> yeah, yeah. 24-7, yeah, Monday yeah. through Sunday, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I'm happy. This yeah. is this I, I like people are like, you you can't dress like that, fool. Yeah, you yeah. gotta come on. You gotta like, you gotta dress a certain way. You do this, you do this, like, bro. Comfort over comfort over everything else right now, man. No, dog. I think the I think in my opinion, the biggest 
the biggest gift that comes from, um, from our toil, right? From our hard work is the ability to choose the exact lifestyle we choose to live to the detail, whether it's how our presentation, whether it's, uh, uh, how we choose to spend our free time, like whatever that might be. For sure. That, that to me is what true wealth is, man. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's what, that, that's what pa- makes me passionate about when I work with young people is I'm telling them all the time, like, yo, dog, it's not just about money. Yeah. Yes. Does it does well, dude? Yes, if you want to buy shit, it does well. But to me, it's like, what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? Mm-hmm. When you talk to the youngsters in the gangs, I said all the time, like, yo, dog, like for real, do you? Is this what you want? Yeah, like, or what do you want? Picture that, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, picture where you see yourself. You know, I used to always say, picture yourself in five years, but then in five years is abstract, dog. So picture yourself a year from now, dude. Like, how how do you want to live? You know, and, and you know, a big part of me too is I consider myself an artist, man. So I do a lot of stuff on the art side, but I bring that into my line of work and helping people kind of create the the vision for themselves a lot of youngsters don't have visions for themselves because they've been stuck in a survival mentality bro it's a luxury and as we could potentially say a privilege to be able to have a a opportunity to say this is the life i want to live and i'm going to go after it right like that that's gold man and so what i try to impart on on everyone i'm around is like you all can do just that now it's easy to say that, but if you don't have access to some of the basics, right? Some of the basic needs, then it's next to impossible. If you don't have consistent shelter, you don't have consistent food and your whole mentality is worrying about just getting by, then being able to architect a, a vision that that's, that doesn't even make any Think, sense. Things right? we take for granted, bro. Straight things like God. 80% of the people take for granted. Cause I, I, there's, there's always a saying that, that, that I never really like, liked mm-hmm. and to put it fucking blown i never liked just pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah, yeah. for yeah. me that was like well not everybody has bootstraps yeah. you know like yeah. some people don't have that luxury of pulling themselves up by their bootstraps right. and it's because i remember just just on the outside looking in other people talking to other people i'm known well i did this and i did that and in my back of my head i'm like dude but yeah maybe this guy doesn't have that opportunity to do that to do this yeah like you said they're worried about where am i going to sleep tonight right do right. i have food for the right. evening right like I don't have parents who's going right, to guide me. Right. So all of a sudden that's no, there's no bootstraps there. There's no so that's a, that's yeah. too much of a generalization that doesn't, it's a blanket statement. It doesn't make sense. I love that you get that, man. I, I really do. And that, that for me validates why we're having this conversation. We're connecting, man, because it's true. It's easy to say that, that statement, right? It's so easy to say that. And, and, and here's the other thing. That doesn't negate that you as an individual are responsible for yourself mm. and that you're responsible for your own grit, dude. Like if you don't have the grit, it's 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 gonna be really hard regardless, right? But what what keeps me up at night is thinking about all them youngsters out there that are exposed to the survival way of thinking, the survival mode, right? That potentially have the ability to be the next great scientist or the next great artists or the next great humanitarian, right? Mm-hmm. But they will never have the chance to fully manifest because they're stuck in the, in the environments that they're stuck in, right? Yes, sir. And, and so to me, it's like, a, it's not just about helping. It, there, there's a selfish interest involved. It's about helping those people because they're going to make our community better. Like they have the potential to help our overall community. And, you know, I remember my dad telling me about from the business perspective, like the sign of a healthy business is directly reflected by the sign of a healthy community. Community's doing well, they're, they're, they have an opportunity to spend and engage and have a good time. And pandemic shown us that, right? Like, so to me, I'm, I, you know, my, my pitch per se to people is that it's about the investment. It's let's make our community better, man. It's a straight up investment. Let's provide opportunity and access to some of the basics. And then maybe even we can go deeper for some of us and get into the grind and really like helping through mentoring and helping through just lesson and wisdom sharing, right? 
So, um, so that, that's how I see this whole process, you know, and taking it back to, to when I was in the, my original, my original position in South Bay community services, what I learned through that, it was there for about 14 years. What I learned through that process was as good as you can be as a social service worker and dude, social service workers are amazing human beings, bro. Amazing human beings, the things that they have to do on a daily basis and things that they have to endure on a daily basis, emotionally and and all that, and get paid uh, shit. That's right? what I was going to say. When I hear the term social worker, I feel like it's somebody that gives a lot more than they're going to get. Straight up, dog. You know, it's like you guys are just completely invested in creating opportunity yeah. and not really focusing on what's coming your way. Yeah, man. It takes I mean, a special person to be a social worker, yeah, dude. Man. Yeah, very, very compassionate human beings, right? Like, you know, I think the DNA is starting with the strain of compassion, you know? But, you know, it, it's, it's not an industry you get in because you want to make money. I mean, that's kind of a well-known thing. But you're exposed to more sad stories than you are positive, yeah. you know? I mean, I, I could tell you countless times of youngsters I work with that have been killed, that have killed people, that have had their families go out, suicide, like all these different things, man. So you're exposed to that. And so you got to be a strong mental state to handle those experiences from other people. Yeah. Um, like, how do you react to a, a, a youngster, a 16 year old kid who's homeless, who's seen his parents be murdered and they're just in a crazy situation. Yeah. And he's telling you this, like, what is your response to a young man like that, man? Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, man. I, I think part of it is the wiring of the individuals. Like for myself, I can tell you that, uh, you know, again, I don't want to portray that I've lived some crazy hardcore life, but I have been exposed to things that have opened my mind to, to embracing the simple things that life brings us, man. And, and embracing the fact that, you know, the here today, gone tomorrow mentality, you know, I'm very in tune with that. So when I'm talking this and I'm hearing these things, part of me is, you know, if, if, I, if I'm being honest, part of me is emotionally numb to it. Because I'm taking in information and then the optimist in me is immediately saying, okay, well, how can we heal and how can we move on? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about, you know? And that process is a long process, man. I mean, you know, I, I've worked with youngsters, man, that have been exposed to some tough stuff. That, that healing process is going to take multiple years, dude. You know, but at the end of the day, the real world that we live in still has an expectation of all of us. You got to be a producer. You got to bring something to the table. So as compassionate as I am and, 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 and my teams are, at the end of the day, it's my job to say, we got to keep moving forward. Let's do it together. And I got your back and you call me any time of the day and I'll be there for you, but we have to keep moving forward. And that's the beauty of this industry is the depth of relationships we're capable of developing with those that historically have a hard time trusting men. You know, I think we talked about this one time about, you know, how, how does a, how does a youngster who's been exposed to all kinds of shit, right? All kinds of trauma who's living on the streets when the average person's walking by, doesn't even recognize a kid on the streets under those circumstances, right? How does that person grow up who feels invisible? How do they believe they have a place in this community, right? And, and more importantly, how do they feel that they could bring value to this community? Because if you don't think you could bring value to the community, you don't have a place in the community, then, then what it's all, what is it all about? I mean, the way our, from my view, the way our, our society set up is we're all here to be contributors and, and, and have a vision, go after the vision. But how do we get to that point? So my industry is all about rewriting the way young people look at this world and letting them know that in fact they have a place in it. And so what I get excited about and, and really why I'm here too, besides just like, you know, chalking it up, have some good beer is that I want to bring others to the table to be able to demonstrate to the youngsters, to the families that they have value. And it's not just a pity thing because that like keep the pity, right? It's about saying 
you do have value. I know that I've been there. I've done that. Or my cousin's been there or my uncle's been there. My dad's been there. My mom's been there. Let's get through this. You know what I'm saying? For sure. It's always great to bring experience to the table. When you're talking to kids in, in elementary school about gang prevention, you got to be able to like at least, you know, speak to them in a manner that they'll understand, you yeah, know, because yeah. I mean, yeah. sixth grader, fifth grader, they're going to yeah. tune you out unless, right unless you bring some real hard, yeah. hard realities to them and be like, hey, I remember being uh, in, in elementary school, man. And, and every time they did like a like a, a dare week, you know, like a. a or, or like a drunk driving one as we got in older in high school, like they really wanted to hammer it home and they'd set up those, uh, yeah. the, the actual car crash yeah. in the quad yeah. area. Yeah. And I was like, damn, yeah. that's, this is hardcore. You know, this is hardcore, but yeah, it was yeah. like, it was real. Yeah. So you, you were forced to pay attention. Yeah. So the same way when you communicate <laughs> with people, man, like, like you said, you have a lot of experience, yeah. you know, you, you've heard it all, you've seen it all, yeah. you've been through it all. So it's kind of like people are just naturally going to gravitate to you and your words you're you're, you're a good dude yeah. i mean you're not intimidating yeah. you know you're, you're anytime i'm with you i'm like oh fuck all right justin's here just relax yeah. it's all, yeah. it's all yeah. good yeah. a lot of people when i talk to them i'm always like a little bit guarded yeah. i'm always protective like all right what's up what's going on here yeah what's the angle what, what, what you know but with you every time i've ever hung out with you or like reggie because you and reggie I, you and reggie are a lot of like the way you totally. guys speak yeah. the guys your, your mannerisms so i'm very comfortable with reggie i've yeah. known reggie since like elementary school yeah. and then we were neighbors after yeah. all that and then so now it's like when i when i got a reacquainted with you i was like oh man this is like covering copy of reggie straight up yeah <laughs> uh, hey uh, number one man i'm blessed to have him in the family he's my brother-in-law um but we have great stories together within our families. And it's kind of cool to have, a, a, I'm gonna call him one of my best friends, man, in the family circle, right? So so, so I agree. You know, I, I, I think this is what I found out, man, when, when it comes to working with people, as far as the power of communication, it, it is about how authentic you are and how, how authentic you are within in your own skin and knowing and recognizing the good and the bad, man. Like, I, yeah. I could tell you a bunch of shit that I suck at, dog, mm -hmm. and and say it openly mm -hmm. and not and, and not feel bad about it, you know. And I can also tell you things that I feel strong that I'm capable of doing, you know. And and more importantly, I want to listen to what the person in front of me has to say about themselves. And I that there's such a magical thing that happens when that authentic space is created, man. Because because to me, what it is, it, it becomes two kids hanging out at the park. Yeah. You know, when you create that space, it's just that energy comes back to life, dude. And, and I don't know, man, I don't want to grow up dog. You know, I'm, I'm trying to stay like forever young. And, and so that's the space I, I hope to, to, to create. And it's not like intentional. It's just, it's just how I choose to operate. If that makes sense. Well, yeah. I mean, it's cause that's how you are. You know, you can't fake the funk forever. Mm -hmm. and it comes a time that comes a reality check when it's like, damn, yeah, I've been wearing this mask. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. And again, man, that, at eighteen and twenty, that that that's yeah. not there yet. That 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 manner of thinking, that way of living, isn't there. But at 41, 42, yeah. 40s, fifties, whatever, you yeah. get tired of like acting, like, I, and it's like I don't want to. It's yeah, like man. this is who I am. Yeah, like you're gonna either take me for who I am, yeah. and accept me or not. Yeah. And there's no ill will if you don't, because yeah. I mean that, that just doesn't mean we're not a match. No. You know, I'm. I'm I'm with you with everything you're saying. That's cool. I, my, my, my biggest goal is for me now, I mean, my only goal is passing this down to the kiddos, yeah. ma making sure we can, wifey and I have a way to like teaching them to be confident in themselves. Like we were working, you know, social distance, the distance learning right now, it's, it's hectic, it's hardcore. Yeah. You know, one of the questions today from my first grader was like, the teacher sent them their, their little um, training session for the day. What makes you special? Like, how do you feel special? And he was just like, well, and I just saw him kind of like fumbling his way through it, trying to figure it out. And wifey and I were just like, come on. And it's like, all right, we need to like work 
he's a middle child, yeah. you know, and, and he knows he's the middle child yeah. and he's the middle child, like to a T, you know, he's got the young one, he's got charisma, he's got all the yeah. personality, everybody's with them. Everyone's always looking, he's got long hair, he's a little stud, everything, every, everyone's all eyes on him. Yeah. You know, it's always like all eyes on Ollie, our oldest kid. Um, he was out sunny, he's eight, he's the first born. So it's like, we devoted a lot of attention to him because mm-hmm. for, for the first two years, it was him. Strictly him. No one else is just Sonny. Sonny mom, Sonny and dad, Sonny the grandparents. And he was my my parents' first grandchild. So he got all the attention, my man. You know, yeah. so he he's used to a certain level of attention. Then Jackie, my middle child, he's torn, man. He, he wants to be the older brother to to Oliver, but he's the middle brother. And he he, you know, it's like he's torn in this world where he I feel like he doesn't get enough attention. I feel like he feels like he doesn't get enough uh, attention. You know, so when that question came up today, like, hey, for his for his uh his classes, sessions, like, what makes you special? I just kind of saw him as like, Papa, what do you do? He's like, well, I like playing, I like playing by myself. Okay. I was like, all right. And I was like, oh, all right, well, well what do you like? It's like, I just I like I like drawing. I like doing this by myself. I was like, cool, talk about that. What is it that makes you feel happy to do that? And I was like, all right, good. Yeah. I mean, at least he recognizes that I want him to be an individual. And he's gonna be a little artist because he he just the way he acts, just the way he looks at things, just the way he approaches approaches situations. I'm like, oh man, this guy is an individual thinker. He's gonna be a lot like me, yeah. you know, in the sense where we gotta work hard for what we have. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. the smartest guy, yeah. I'm not the most well spoken guy. But the one thing I can always rely on on me is like our hustle, our mentality. Yeah. It's always like, all right, I'm on A, how do I get to Z? All right, go, boom, let's yeah. get it. Goal after goal after goal after goal. Those are the things I gotta teach my kiddos, man. Well, number one, dude, that's a super deep ass question to say what makes you special. I think you asked that to a hundred people. Dude, he's six years old. <laughs> 95 of those people are going to pause and not know what to say. <laughs> number two, that's super ill that he was able to recognize that trait to be comfortable being by yourself. To me, it's a yeah. beautiful thing, man. And he, it's funny. Um, he plays with his hands a lot, man. Uh, like he doesn't need toys. Like we'll be in the car and I'll be driving or wifey's driving. I'm in, and we just hear him in the background go, pow, 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 yeah, doing little yeah. like gestures with his hand, like his little hands. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, the other kids don't, the oh, other okay. kids require something. The little one, he's still little. He's only three, but he requires like a, like an iPad or yeah. a toy or this. My oldest, he's eight. He reads, he likes a book. He likes Legos. Jack's in the middle. He's just everything to him. He's just like, he's creating his own atmosphere. Yeah. He's, he's like a uh, creating your own adventure book. You know, it's like, okay, I'm here. I got nothing. Well, I got my hands. I use my toes. Yeah. And now, and I told, that's what we're wifey and I were telling. I was like, this is what you do. Like, that's what you enjoy. And like, he's special. He's going to, he has artistic traits, you know, yeah. but again, He's going to have to hustle. He's yeah. going to have to grind. He's going to have to work hard for everything. Nothing. I don't think a lot of things are going to come easy for Jackson. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's very like, oh, daddy, I don't want to do this. Right. He gets bored. He's, yeah, well, all my kids get bored. They're yeah. all kids, you yeah. know, yeah. but man, don't get me talking about my kids. Well, bro. man, we can talk about kids all day long. And I love <laughs> it because you know what? That's what it's all about. You know, that to me, this, this is why I wake up every day, right? This is why I do the things. And, and I feel confident in saying this about you, brother, is that your kids will always have you as a the exact representation of working hard and being a great father and being loving. Um, you know, from what you share with me, what I've listened on the podcast, you know, your relationship with your wife, man. I mean, what a great example of what it is to be a strong yet gentle man in this modern society, bro. <laughs> well, you for know? better or for worse on the working hard, bro. I mean, because every week is like, daddy, what are you doing today? Yeah, are you yeah. going to be able to hang out with us? Or are you going to go to the brewery? Yeah, 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 or are yeah, you going to yeah. be working at yeah. UPS? Yeah. Or you have, you know, it's like, and then that's, I tell wife is like, I got to really work hard. Like today I said, Hey, this is my schedule from 12 to four. I've got meetings. I have things to do for the podcast and I have other like uh, operational stuff for the brewery that I got to get done. Yeah. It's like, I, 
I'm not available from 12 to 4. Yeah. And I'm getting better at that. Yeah. Obviously, man, it takes time and energy, you know. Yeah. And it, you, you get out what you put in. And I can't just kind of skate through things. People are like, oh, I never see you in the tasting room or I'll never see you in the bars. Like, yeah, man. As much as I'd like to just be the face and be up there drinking beer and hanging out and hooting and holler and having a good time, it's like, there's a lot of shit to do. I mean, this this environment is created by Kevin, my partner, mm -hmm. and myself being down here grinding, getting things yeah. done. Our job is to create the atmosphere for you. Yeah. We don't. We're not going to be there because right. it's hard, you know. Because yeah. we got other shit to. Uh, excuse me, other shit to do. But I just got to find that balance with the kiddos. You got to. I'm sure you, the same way. Because just like you're a social worker. Yeah. Yeah. You have two little kids. Yeah. You're a husband. Yeah. You give a lot to your career, man. As yeah. a social worker, there is no middle. I mean, yeah. you you're all in. Yo, I had to make a conscious decision um, about two years ago that I needed a career change, mainly because um, the way I approach social services is through a passionate lens, man. I gave it everything I had, bro. Like, I, you know, I, I just, every conversation with every person I met, um, it was always about that energy. And then, you know, I had my daughter, I had my daughter a little bit later in life. I was 32, man. And, um, and so as she was getting older, and then my son came, you know, and, and I was recognizing that I am actually putting more energy into these programs, into these youngsters than I am at home with my kids. Yeah. And I was able at the time to get away with it because they're still too young and not really like cognizant of, of everything around them, right? Yeah. But yeah, dude, you know, so, so what ended up happening is I told my boss, I got, a, I, got a, I got an amazing boss, man. It's so cool when you can have someone that you respect as a boss, right? And I told her like, yo, I got to switch this up, man. She's like, well, what are you going to do? Fuck, I don't know. I'm going to go work at Home Depot, Lowe's. I love gardening. You know what I mean? I'm a construction artist. I'll do all that. But I said, you know what? I think there's opportunity. And I think I can utilize, um, you know, my 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 portfolio of working in the community to to create a new, like a, a new modern way of approaching how community, community partnerships look like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I can start to go out one by one, relationship by relationship and build these build these partnerships to bring awareness to the social issues that are going on to uh, bring in resources to help some of these families that we're working with and and really if anything man to generate joy within our community man you know i i, I i've been fortunate enough to to live in chula vista my whole life and and to be comfortable my whole life and and, and to know that that is that is not the way the majority of our world lives dude however i do think that it's up to community members that have have been fortunate enough, blessed enough, privileged enough to, to live in those shoes to be able to give back. And what I really believe in is that there's plenty of people out there that want to do that and they're just looking for the way to do it. They just haven't been exposed to opportunities. Because here, here's the other thing, man. So let me back one step up. When I came to work for the YMCA, this is about six and a half years ago, I, I was asked by my boss to come and run a um, what's called a transitional living program. And basically all that is, is the YMCA owns some apartments in City Heights. And we would we would bring in youngsters ages like 18 to 21 with or without children that are experiencing homelessness or housing instability. They come and they live in these apartments for up to two years. And within a two-year time, it was our job of, of me and my team to be able to provide them their basic needs and and all the supports that's necessary for them to heal, counseling and therapy and mentoring. And then on top of that, to help them get on some kind of pathway that's going to promote economic mobility, right? So doing that for the why, I came to realize this is that there's so much more we can do. 
There's so much more that could be done. If the YMCA has the ability to house youngsters in these in these apartments and give them the basic needs, which is a lot, yeah. Then we connect to the community and say, now now the responsibility is on you. Help us. Help us get these youngsters to a place to where they're ready, at the very least, to catch up to their peer group. Well, you're preparing them for normalcy, bro. Straight up. You're, you're giving them well said. You're giving them basic needs. You're getting them to the even playing field. You, you, yeah. you know, you can't show up and play baseball if yeah. you got nothing. Yeah. All you're doing is giving them a bat, giving them a ball, getting them a glove. Yeah. So it's the community's opportunity yeah. and the community's almost responsibility to provide them a baseball field to play on. Yes. You know? Yes. So it goes hand in hand. I see what yeah. you're saying. It's a, yeah. and, 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 you know, it's, it's within that, that mindset, right? That it was like, okay. So, so now I'm trying to create this new job for myself because I'm scared to death. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've, this is all I've done. What, you know, how can I go out and, and find a way to make this work? My boss said, you know what? For the most part, let's see what you can do. You got a year. He has a little pilot, right? And she's like, do you, do you, what support do you need? I said, I'll let you know when I need support, but I'm very comfortable in figuring things out as I go, you know, uh, building the plane as I'm taking off type, type, type talk. So. I started like networking like crazy, going to every like philanthropic event that I can get my hands on, man. And I go to these events and I step in these places, bro. And, and, you know, as confident as I am in myself, um, I was intimidated like a motherfucker, dog. I walk in these spaces, you know, I mean, visually I'm, I, I look the way I look, right? Whatever, handsome and, and uh, right? <laughs> modest as fuck. Modest as fuck, dog. <laughs> but I step in these spaces and what I would see and through this observation is it's, the same kind of circles, man. It's old money. It's old money who who has a particular face. You know, it's older Caucasians, right? And, and old white all, dudes. Old white dudes, man. Old white dudes. And, and I got love for the old white people all day long, dog. But uh, I go in the spaces and be like, all right, cool. All right, cool. All right, cool. I'm seeing all this. And I'm realizing, like, how how is someone new to the game going to be able to go and secure relationships with these people that have been doing their system of giving forever, like I, I'm not going to try to do that, man. So I got to, I got to, I got to find, I got to find the gaps. Number one, who's not at the table. And number two, how can I go and secure relationships and find out what's important to these groups to want to, to want to invest back in their community. And so basically what I came up with is like this concept of hood heroes. Right. And that's when I approached you is like, yo, let's talk about hood heroes. Right. And to me, hood heroes was a concept of saying, number one, hood, right? To me, hood is just a commonality. It's a term, right? Like, yo, what hood you grow up, man? Yeah. Like, I'm Chilla Vista. Oh, yeah, what part Chilla Vista, right? Yeah. Like, it was just common tongue. I, I feel for us, it's common. Yeah. You know, but if, yeah, you, yeah. if you go outside, like, certain areas, you say hood, I feel like it has this negative connotation. It's Definitely. got a little bit of a, oh, ooh, you're Definitely. a little rough. But I grew up in Benita. Yeah. That was our hood. Yeah. I mean, it, it you know, and, and I get the, anytime I tell, I'm talking it up, talking with somebody new, learning about them, they're learning about me, like, oh, where'd you go to high school? Oh, I went to Benita High. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Benita always, High dude, School. I always uh, get hit on, Like, oh, them rich kids. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, dude. my parents just work. You yeah, know, I was like, yeah. oh, all them rich kids. Yeah, there was a bunch of rich kids yeah, at our school. Yeah. We weren't one. Yeah. I mean, we weren't one of the families that were rich. Yeah, yeah. My parents just were very fortunate to be, to have careers and they were employed. Yeah. And my dad worked at NASCO for 40 years. Yeah. My mom was a, uh, in banking and government lending for like yeah. 40 years. Yeah. Like there's we we were rich in like that we had a firm foundation. We were rich in the sense that we had a place to live. Yeah. You know, we had stability. Yes. Yes. I had uh parents that have been married over 40 yes. they've been married 43 years, bro. Oh, you know, like that's that's hard. That's you that that showed me you work through shit. Yeah. You know, my wife's parents 
they've been married over 40 years, you know? So we are products of long lasting relationships where it's like, obviously there's ups and downs in every relationship. There's failures, there's successes. Nobody, nobody wins at everything they does, you know? Nobody loses at everything they does. It's a commonality like right in the middle. So we were rich in that, man. I was rich in that my parents were fortunate to teach us how to work hard, how to work through things. And I tell wife, he's like, look at our kids. Our kids have, you and me, you know, we're stable with them. We're always there. They have two sets of grandparents that not only are still with us and alive, but they're still together. So it's like, my kids will have a privilege that a lot of kids won't right now, man. They're going to have the privileges like, oh, my parents are together. Yeah. My parents work hard to give us everything. Yeah. My parents' parents, my, my, my nana Gigi, my tata, my abuelita, like, they're still there. Yeah. So these boys still have that lineage. And like for me, man, that's the one thing I really want to like instill in them. It's like, it's my job. Like I tell people here at, at, at work, at, at the businesses, it's my job is not to be out there drinking and, and socializing with everybody, although it happens from time to time. Mm-hmm. My job is to make sure that you have the tools to succeed and get what you need out of this job while performing and getting us what yeah. we need to get to maintain this opportunity. Yeah. Same, same way I approach my kids. I just want to make sure they have the tools to, to succeed, man. It's a crazy world. You're an example for the community, man. I mean, you know, I... I, I Hell I, no. I know you want to... Yeah, I, I get it, but you are. You're an example for working hard, for being a, a family man, for loving, again, loving your kids, loving your wife. Like, that, that's an example that, you know, if anything, the line of work I've been involved with has taught me is that that is absolute love, man. And to have that where many have not have that, unfortunately, right? It goes a long way. Yeah. And so when you have these dialogues and when you're, when you're out socializing and, and even through, even through your, your podcast, right? The community is able to see that, dude. You know, and the community is able to see, especially those that are trying to figure out what they're wanting to do with their lives. Like, that's an example of a direction I'd like to go. You know, that's an example of a way that I like, I'd like to be able to have a wife and have some kids and be able to come home and play with them and get pissed off at them and all the fun things, right? Like all of the things, all the things (laughs) that to me is what it's all about. And, you know, going back to this whole hood heroes concept that when I'm saying hood heroes is really about all of us that have that same understanding and appreciation. It's about working hard, taking care of your family. And at the same time, recognizing we're in positions now where we can influence the next generation. And doing what we can with our with our resources to, to to help out, right? And so me, and I made this up in my mind, bro. But it's I a like great to, name, dude. It's, it's dope, a great right? name for 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 uh, for, a, for a project. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, yeah. for a state of mind, it's catchy. For, yeah, 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 it's catchy. Alliteration. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of alliteration, yeah, bro. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good heroes. Yeah, man. But for me, it's like you know what. When I sit there and I think about all the people I know and how those that are successful and those are not. And I think what was the what was the thing that separates those that are successful and those that are not? So number one, where your basic needs met. Okay, once that's taken care of, then what's the next thing? And the next thing to me is social capital. Who is in your corner? Who is a, who is willing to share resources, whether that's financial resources, whether that's wisdom, whether that's love, or whether it's all three, who's willing to share that with you as an investment to help you get to the next level? And in my view, and the view of my organization, the more people that you have in your corner is probably one of the biggest indicators of how far your trajectory is going to take you and how far you're going to be able to go with your personal vision, man. You know, um, that safety net is crazy. Bro. It's crazy, dog. People who have safety nets are usually ones that have that higher trajectory. 
the risks aren't as risky because you got because you got somebody that's there to like pick you up, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Fuck, I, I was fortunate that my parents had. I failed at every at almost everything I've ever tried. I failed at. Yeah. So when I'm ever to whenever I get the opportunity to sell my parents on an idea or something, yeah. and they are actually like, hey, that's a good idea, yeah. or hey, that could work. I'm like, all oh, right, fuck. I yeah. sold my parents. The rest is easy. Yeah. My my toughest sell is like my mom and dad. You know, to get there to get my dad's approval on anything I do is like fuck. Forget about it, bro. Yeah. That's hard. You know, and it, I'm a first generation Mexican dude here you know yeah. my parents you know like they're they my mom was from guadalajara came to tijuana and then came over my dad's family's from mexicali uh, what is it think yeah yes sonora then mexicali then my dad came over to calexico went to school there and then so it's like for me it's like shit to my biggest goal always is just to get my my dad's like uh, appreciation approval. approval like this that and the other and along the way he was a hard ass but now I know why he was a hard yeah. ass. My life wasn't easy for him, yeah. you know, yeah. and like, yeah. and, and and I'm pretty sure that's the kind of tough love he received. Mm-hmm. So now, anytime I get an opportunity to be like, um, we're working on a project together right now. Like, we, I got a, I bought a Bronco. We've been fixing it up. Bah, bah, bah. He's been helping me with it, and we're like, shit, it's drivable now, and it's ninety percent done. And now I see, mijo, le tenemos que hacer esto. We gotta do this. Y lo que sigue le vamos a poner esto. Like I'm. Like I, I, I took something and I, and I went into his lane, yeah, you know, and yeah, like, and I'm, yeah. now I'm in his lane where he's fucking. This is what he's all about, yeah, you know, like fixing yeah. cars yeah, or dude. and like just building this shit up. So now, I, like, finally, I'm like, oh, before it was baseball because yeah. he was a baseball player, and then he loved baseball. So and I learned how to play baseball, da, 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 yeah. da, but I'm a kid, and that motherfucker was just too hard on me. So I just said, no, I can't. I need I need to learn a sport that my fucking dad does not have anything to do. So I learned soccer. I did really good in soccer. I started doing this. You played for the Benita team. Too? Yeah. yeah. And then this yeah. dude like he started coaching our team. I was like, fuck. Yeah. I was like, God damn it, dad. You know, because yeah. everything just became too hypercritical. Yeah. And I'm I was what sixteen. I was a kid. I was not ready to accept that kind of criticism at that yeah, age. Yeah. You know, I needed more. I needed a dad that was gonna be like, okay, Miko, good job. Yeah. And and he did. Don't get me wrong. It was just more like, no, Miko, you gotta do it like this. No, Miko, see, no, no, no. And then I was like, fuck. I'm never gonna like live up to what his image is, you know. So, <laughs> have you asked him? Oh yeah, now we we shoot the shit about that all yeah. the time. Yeah, you know, and like, and he's like, oh, well, he doesn't say shit. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's an old school Mexican yeah, dad, yeah. bro. Work hard, <laughs> yeah. fucking, and just, you yeah, know. Yeah. So it's like, like, I am who I am because of you. I yeah. tell him, you know, like for better or for worse, like, yeah. but. He's he's receptive to the shit I tell him. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I mean. We're, I just want to be more approachable to my kiddos. Straight up, man. You know, if anything I learned is like, okay, I got to take what my daddy taught me and show it to the kids, but I can't go 100% like my daddy. Yeah. Because my kids are soft. They're little. And I I recognize that. that They're little and I got to teach them slowly. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll share from my experience, man, that, uh, you know, one of the most impactful relationships in my life, again, was was my dad. And uh, unfortunately, dude was exposed to all kinds of, you know, trauma. You know, he was basically foster care youth, ended up in the penitentiary system, San Quentin in the 70s, and, and that whole nine. Came out, had a strong, uh, resilient nature, and was able to put a hustle together and a grind together. Uh, he also battled some drug and alcohol and all that stuff. Uh, and, but, you know, got, got clean, got sober. And so for my upbringing, he did his best to impart upon me work ethic. Mm. Um, but it was hard for him to not impart also the the context of being uh, and, and owning respect from people and, and, uh, and you know, and ensuring that 
if you're disrespected, you have to you have to step up. You got to react. Yeah, right. Yeah, straight. You know, you so get punched in the mouth. You better punch back. Straight up, dog. Straight up. And, you know, and and so for my younger years, that was the narrative I was given, and I hated it, dude. I hated it because by nature I consider myself a very peaceful individual. But uh, contrasting that was like this message: like to be a man meant. If you get stepped to, you step back, right? You, you, you confront violence with violence. So this is like very toxic masculinity approach to living, right? Damn. Trigger word. Toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah, man. The only person I've ever heard say that, like, is my sister. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's real talk, man. Because you know what, dude? It's, it's nothing more than a narrative that's been given to us to, as, a, as a way to follow, a path to follow, yeah. man. And, you know, I, I'm so fortunate, dog. I invested... I always knew that it just something wasn't connecting, wasn't right. I don't want to be this type of guy. I don't want to be the dude that's quick to pop off, the dude that's quick to like own his respect, all that, right? I don't want to be that. But I didn't know how not to be that. Yeah. So like, you know, I was fortunate, man. When I was in my early 20s, man, uh, I went to therapy. I went to therapy for like five years, dog. I went there, just learned, kind of like recalibrated the way I view myself in this world, the way I the way I see uh um other human beings. That's healthy, like, bro. Like, dog, you know what I mean? Like, it was hard for me to be in a situation where if I felt someone was looking at me like a couple seconds too long, like, it was like, I heard the voice, like, you gotta you gotta look back. And then if you look back, you know, here in Chula Vista, I remember riding the buses, dude. If you look back and they look back for a little bit longer, it's like, oh, damn, time to, dance. Time to get down, dog. And <laughs> like, oh, I hate it, dude. I hate it so much, man. So I was so fortunate to go through therapy, to rewrite the script. And I still deal with a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the things that are still lingering, right? But I have the awareness enough to be able to put it in check so ther 99% of the time. Yeah, dog. Therapy, yeah. therapy you was- You recommend therapy? I recommend therapy for everyone, dog. Mm. At least one run through. Because it's a great mirror to look at your behavior and to be able to have someone who doesn't know you say, is that's what's best for the life you're saying you want to live? Someone will call you on your shit in, yeah, the, in yeah. the most professional way. In right? an unbiased way. In an unbiased way. Like, I don't know way, who you bro. are. I don't know what you do. Oh, I don't know yeah. what kind of family or upbringing, yes, this, yes, that, or the other. Yes, yes, if, yes, dude. By what you're telling me, you're fucking up here. I'm like, yeah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. This is my therapy, bro. Yeah, yeah. Talk, well, talking to people. I bet, man, because the insight that you're able to get from it, right? And that's all it is, is insight, man. It's, it's just- People I have on, I just, I, what can I learn from this person? Yeah. You know, and fortunately, knock on wood, like, I've been on a tear of, because usually the, the podcast format is like, homies- and we, we shoot the shit. Like, what right. happened to you this week? Right. What's up? Right. Like, what would what, you watch? Yeah. What would you do? And then just like that, I haven't had one of those episodes in forever. Yeah. Like, I've been on a string of just like talking to people uh, pretty much all the pandemic, bro, for like yeah. the last two, three months, last 20 episodes. It's just been like me back and forth with somebody one yeah. on one, one yeah. on one. And that's helped me a lot. I bet. Because that's where I feel like I'm naked. Yeah. Like, it's just like, whew. Yeah. you know, I fuck up a lot, bro. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not the healthiest person, like, uh, emotionally or, or like you know mentally and, and i tell wifey i was like hey you know because that was i needed a self-check you talked about a yeah, self-check earlier yeah. my self-check was i'm coming home from work i'm coming home from like checking in on the businesses and anything i have pent up oh i bring it home with me and i take it out on you guys like i'm like oh i'm just negative yeah, and, I, yeah. and i was like i can't I can't. For me, that's not how I want to be. So I've been in like a little bit of a metamorphosis. Thank God for the pandemic. It's given me that time to like have be introspective. And yeah, like now it's like when I talk to dudes like you, it's like, ah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just listening to your experience. I'm like, oh, that shit's normal. Yeah. Like I, I would never tell anybody. I just told my mom and my dad about how the that experience with my dad always telling me. My my dad gave put it in my head when I was little. It was like. I'm book smart, but I'm not street smart. Uh -huh. 
he always made me think that everybody was taking advantage of me. Okay. You know, like, no, mijo, tus primos, ellos tienen otra mentalidad. They, like, your, your, your cousins have, they're, they're street smart, man. They'll run circles around you. Just, that's not for you. And I was like, no. And it's like, I'm, I'm both. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm smart. I can do shit at school. And I know how to handle myself, like, in the real world, in the streets. Yeah. And just that, like, my dad having that, uh, that mentality or that thought about me, like, fuck with me and i was like damn no that's not me and he's like no and they had just maybe like a few months ago i told my mom and my dad we were at their house and i was was like you know what when you were little you always had that shit in my head that you know my cousins were always like not better than me but just like in a way more equipped to handle shit and i was like man what you don't realize is i've been doing this dance for a long time yeah like i'll take what they're giving me and i'll just turn it around and use it on them like i'm not the motherfucker getting punked yeah most cases, I'm the dude doing the punking, and they don't understand it. Yeah. And by the time I leave, they're like, oh, that motherfucker, Stevie just punked us. Yeah. Like, that motherfucker just got us. Yeah. You know, and told my mom, told my dad, and my mom was like, what? Really? That's how you felt? And then my dad's like, no, mijo, yeah. And I was like, yeah, like, you fucked me up in yeah. that way, but I feel like it was for the best. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you, 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 you painted this image of me, and I was like, all right, now I got to do everything I can to go up. Uh-huh. No one's going to get in on me. Uh-huh. No one's going to put one over me. But that's not the health. That's a toxic masculinity mentality, dude. You know what I mean? If anything, bro, what I hear is the power of influence, man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's your daddy, your father, your 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 home figures. How they can, how, and even through that, it sounds like it's been so beneficial for you because it's it's added to your drive, man. Yeah. And you're regardless, dude. You're it's just in your DNA. I just you're feel driven. That I, I just feel that I I channeled it the right way. Yeah, I could have gone sideways Straight quick, bro. Straight up, dude. I could have used it in a whole yeah. different way. It's like, oh yeah, you don't think? Well, fuck that. Yeah, I'm gonna join a gang. Yes. and I'm gonna show yes. you that I am street smart. Yes. I could have done that, yeah. but I mean, yeah. I was like, why now? Let me yeah. just show him that I can be this. I can be that. Put them together, and now I'm this. Yes, you know. And I would, I would, I would guess, you know, in all the respect, I would guess that uh, besides besides that voice in your head from your dad, you also had others in your life just as powerful shaping you. You know, yeah. to 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 then get to a place where you can take that drive and and match it with this, match it with that, to get to where you're at today. You've talked about your mom a few times and how how uh, impactful she's been in your life. You know what I mean? I know the word for that now is mentors. Mm-hmm. You know, before I didn't fucking know. I I just had like people that anything I've ever done, anything dumb, like fucking hobbies, like being in a band or just like cousins who yeah. were ruffians and shit, and like like I just like they all had like stories they all had influence on me yeah, man. and i just took the best for what i thought was the best yeah, for me you know yeah. and i'm not saying my dad but shit my dad and my mom those are my two those are my two hood yes, heroes yes those are my people that yes. i look to to this day i don't do shit i don't start a business and not let them in yeah you know and now since we've been married now 15 years wifey's in that rotation you know like yeah. there for me there's no higher way to elevate or um show somebody uh like praise than like you, you are somebody I come to and I run ideas by. Yeah. I'm fucking super private when it comes to that shit, yeah. man. I don't run ideas by anybody. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Yeah. And then usually everyone is like, no, mom, dad, mom, dad, wifey, like, nah, nah, nah you, you got too much going on. You got, but then I like take time and like articulate it better. I'm like, well, this is why I want to do this. And this is how it's going to be beneficial to me, family, everyone. And then it's like, I sell them. And when I sell them, it's like, yeah, got them. Now yeah, I man. sold them. Now I can go with it, you know? Yeah. So for better or for worse, bro, like God, the mentors I've had were not always straight and narrow. Yeah. They weren't always my mom and dad. Yeah. I've had mentors. I've had mentors like like my cousins who were like, you know, not always on the straight and narrow, but 
they would tell me, bro, this isn't for you. Yeah. Like, don't do it like what we do. You know, like we do this because we didn't have a, a, another way. Yeah. You know, it's like you do. Like you, you don't have to do this. You, you go to school, you know, you, you know that you're going to come home and you're going to eat, you're going to have this. And I mean, I'm not saying that they were like on the streets or anything. My cousin went on the streets, but they, they didn't have that, that father or motherly direction like I do. Yeah. We talk about privilege a lot. That's my fucking privilege, bro. Yeah. My privilege is that my parents are there in my life, guiding, pushing. Yeah, man. I mean, it just goes back to me, man. It's it just circles back to the power of influence, man. And and we're going to be influenced one way or the other. Where you know, because our brain is constantly evolving. You know, males, we're not done ev- like developing. Our brain's not done developing for some of us up to our thirty, dude. So we're constantly taking in information, processing it, and trying to decide what what is my what is my best truth, bro. I get a calculator and I'll write boobs on it. So I know I'm still fucking developing, dude. I know I'm not mentally there yet. Straight I'll grab a calculator with like eight zero zero eight five. Like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, all day long. So I don't dude. think I'm fucking all day developed long. yet. All day long. I like, well, that that that's the beauty of uh, of who we are. We're like complex people, right? Like we we have this side and we have that side, and I'm right there with you, man. I laugh at the dumbest shit all the time, dude. And uh, it's all dumb shit, man. But it's all great shit, though, yeah. right? Like anything can bring a smile to our face, man. But but you know, I think when it comes to these influences, man, is is like if we, you know, I look at my son, if I can build my five-year-old up to the point where he has the ability to recognize his decisions are either going to promote what he wants to do or, or take away from what he wants to do. And he can have enough awareness to, to be in the moment of those decisions. Then that's the best I can do. Right. Cause I can't, I, I can't be with him all the time. dude. Nope. Like I can't, I, I have to, just let go and we trust can't hold the fact that he's going to get it done, right? No, for me, in my household, my dad used to tell me, like, his goal was for me, his goal as a father was to get me to the age of 18, to allow me to live to see 18. And because that was important to him, because what he was exposed to, that was not common. But that's also limiting. That's a limiting message, right? That's that's saying, you know, that's why I didn't take an SAT in high school, right? I didn't even, it didn't even come across my mind. My dad always said, if you work hard, things will happen. For my kids, though, it's... I expect for them that I expect I, I'm in a position now in life where I expect them to live to see 18. I expect them to graduate from high school. I expect them to be in a position. If they want to go to college, mm. they're going to go to college. If they want to go in this other direction, then they're making the conscious choice to go in that direction because that's, what's part of the reality they want to create. And to me, that's the privilege that, that I have for yeah. them. Right. It's a great fucking privilege. dude. Right? Straight up. Dog. It like, really is. And, and, and you know, and so when I then look back at the communities I've been working with, and I think about the importance of the messaging and the narratives that they've inherited for the most part, bro, it's, it's this survival mode, doc. It's, it's about getting by. It's about finding a way to not get taken advantage of, finding a way to, to get, you know, food on the plate and every now and then finding a way to kind of like promote yourself some way, somehow. But it's a cycle. And I've seen these cycles and it breaks my heart. I've seen these cycles of, 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 to sum it up, you see poverty, you know, where, where it just, we cannot manifest the full potential that's in our community become what we're capable of becoming. Dog, we live in San Diego, California, America, dog. To me, that looks great in La Jolla. That looks great in PB. That looks great uh, north of the eight. But we got communities like East San Diego that are hurting, have been hurting for years, dog. I mean, and, and we don't put much attention to that. We look here in Chula Vista, 
Like I said, I've been here my whole damn life, 1978, dog. And, you know, Broadway, I mean, you know, Broadway has never been a luxurious place to live, dog. You know what I mean? Like my dad's business was right there next to Fun For All and Chilivis off of L. And like that community has never thrived. They've gotten by. But what could we do to help those generations get to a place where they can inherit the, the lifestyles that we're experiencing now? And that's all it comes down to, man. That, that's, the, that's, that's the summary of the effort I try to put forth, man, is let's, let's push opportunities forward for those in the community. And that's what Hood Heroes is. That's what it is, man. Damn. Look at you. So inspirational and shit, bro. I, I feel like I'm all sweaty, dog. Like, <laughs> it's hot down here, bro. Energy, dog. The fucking AC don't work down here. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the flannels ain't the smartest choice, dog. I love flannels, though, dude. <laughs> Hood Heroes. So it, it was kind of started through City Heights when you got the opportunity to kind of like, you know, help the yeah. 18 to 21 year old yeah. age group yeah. into uh, assisted living, housing, yeah. providing them with the bare essentials to be on the even playing field. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was, man. And, and, you know, it, it was also the recognition that there's a lot of people in our community that are good people, man, good hard working people that would love to give back, but maybe just not know how, you know, philanthropy Philanthropy, philanthropy to me is a privilege. The ability to be able to share your resources um, and to be able to say, I shared my resources. I donated this much money or I gave this much, you know? It's something that wealthy families have been doing forever. Fuck money, right? Time. It's, 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 it's time more than anything. Time it's time and, and wisdom, dog. Yeah. It's, 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 and it's the notion that I care. It's the message that I, as a community member, care about you. And so that's what I'm trying to bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, let me, let me connect and create a bridge between those that really get it the way we get it, you know, the importance of life and those that are just looking for an opportunity and let's, let's connect. You know, I, I'm fortunate enough again to be in this industry as long as I have to know that we need the community's help and I can be an ambassador for this line of work because of my experience. So I'm like, yo, let me create a platform hood heroes, right? Where, where then people can hit me up and be like, yo, I'm down to do this. I'm down to do that. And the way it kind of looks is it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's basically Commitment to Hoderos is is like one, being committed to learning about some of these social issues that that's going on in our community. Not in depth. I'm not no PhD dog, but like have a generalized understanding. You know, you have uh, a life experience PhD. Yeah, it's yes. more valuable, bro. Yeah, honestly, yeah. it really is. I appreciate that. I have man. a with Emo Brown. It, it, it's just not a podcast. You know, it's like I have a team, bro. I have a, like a, a a whole backing of, of of dudes. Primarily, we've got women on here who are you know, who, who also bring a lot to the table. And then a lot of, I feel like a lot of people feel like, Oh, evil Brown is just like another dude group. This yeah, yeah. It's like, no, it's like, I just, it's like the evil Brown people who are behind the scenes pushing this. We all want to make a difference, yeah. you know? So it's like, what I ask you is like, what can we do as like emo Brown, the, the, the social club, like the athletic club. There's a lot of like a little emo Brown is an umbrella. And there's a lot of fucking things underneath that umbrella, yeah. you know? Like I have a, one guy, we call him El Profe, Mr. Cristian Moreno. He's a professor here at middle school for Eastlake. And um, he's just written a mission statement for us, for, for Emo Brown, because we want to get more involved in what we're doing. So how can we help? Yeah. How, 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 can, how can Emo Brown get involved with Hood Heroes? Yeah. How can I get involved yeah. with like pushing and, and helping, you know, with time, with, with, with just like, you know, presence, experience. What can we do to yeah. get involved? And for anybody listening, there's a lot of people that listen to this thing. Started like a dick and fart jokes and yeah. who has the best burrito? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And now it's like, 
the fucking pandemic, bro. It fucking it grabbed us and it said, no, yeah. pay attention. People are listening. How do you it's time for you to like stop talking about it and start being about it? Yeah. You know, so that's why Christian like started writing a mission statement for us. And, and we're, we have a lot of things planned, yeah. obviously. But how can we get involved now with with Hood Heroes and, and help push this thing forward? And even the people who are listening, because there's a lot of business owners who listen. Yeah. There's a lot of people in this industry that listen just because I'm involved in the industry. Yeah. So there's a lot of ears that are listening to you right now. So how can all of us collectively get involved and help with this movement? Uh, good looking out, man. And number one, you know, uh, respect to the power you bring to the table, man. I mean, this is your manifestation and, and, and I dig that tremendously, bro. And I respect that. And I've been listening yes, to the yes. podcast for, you know, a- ever since that last time we first met for our initial conversation, I'm like, you know what, dude, I want to, I want to have a deeper understanding of you, of the culture you're bringing to the table. Um, so Nothing but respect for all the people you had like on whiskey, the show. I like whiskey, I like edibles, yeah, burritos, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get down <laughs> family to, guy. All day long. Um, to me, dude, it starts, with, it starts with your heart, man. If your heart is to want to give back, and then the second thing is matching that with how can I give back, then it's the, ne- the third part is the conversation. Let's meet, let's connect. Let me talk to you about what I'm about. I mean, granted, it's very simple. I'm here to help communities and families from under-resourced parts of, of town be able to get a chance to get to that that starting that starting point that we were mentioning earlier. But everyone has their own gifts, man. And so I'm not necessarily here passing the hat around saying, put your dollars in the hat, though I'm down. I'm saying- <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> straight up, baby. But I am saying is let's partner and let's, let's allow me to navigate you through some of the opportunities that you can share your resources. You know, I mean, you, you got, dude, you got one of the flyest bars here in South Bay, dog. And so like, I can easily see, like, let's have a, a day honoring social service workers, right? Something's top of my head, right? Like we could do that, you know, and, and you, you, you'll see the presence of social workers come through and then let's like spearhead that money towards For whether it's sure. my organizations or another organization, Done, right? bro. We can do that. You know, or, or whoever it might be, it's about looking at your own individual capacity or the capacity of your networks and, and being open to hearing me out and saying, maybe you can aim that towards my efforts. And, you know, the part I enjoy about our relationship is I'm allowed to be 100% real and authentic with you and, and vice versa. I, I only you know, fucks with people who are real, bro. Straight up. But, you know, that, that's to me was what Hood Heroes is. is a, it's a platform for people that get it and that respect transparency and that are not about you have to pick yourself up by the bootstraps mm. and that are, are innately compassionate and want to help. And I will help I will help show you how to help. Um, so I would say if you're listening and you're like, yo, this makes sense. I don't know exactly everything I'm this dude Justin's over here babbling about, but I'm willing to have that conversation. I'm willing to say, here, here is a way that I think my network can support your cause. Then we click up, connect, have a conversation. We'll come here, have a beer and, and we'll figure it out, man. Cause that's to me is, is the most grassroots way to approach this line of work. And dog, I'm in this for the long haul. I've been in yeah, you it, are. Uh, 22 years. I've been in this work. I'm going to be in this mug as long as I got breath in my chest, man. And, and so I'm like, let's, it's not about the check right now. It's about, Two years, three years, five years from now, how can our partnership grow? How can we then uh, demonstrate to the community that, you know what, regardless of all the divisiveness that's out there right now. Lots of it. There's there's a lot of real people here. Yes, and sir. real people are willing to to roll up their sleeves and find a way. And, and, and that's that's the platform of Hood Heroes. Ooh, that was the elevator pitch that right fire there, bro. That, that was that elevator yeah, pitch right now. Nowhere, baby. Damn, if I had money, I'd give it to you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you sold me 
obviously you sold me when we first started chatting. We, we, we've met a few times now here at the brewery, but when we met up in Escondido up oh, north, yeah, bro, dude. and you showed me the project you're currently working yeah. on, I was like, damn. Don't talk about it. Be about yeah, it. Straight up. My dude Justin is being about yeah. it. So a little background on that. I met up with you maybe a week ago up in Escondido. You and your your, your project, your company, everyone involved in what you're doing just purchased a 40-unit complex in mm -hmm. Escondido. Mm -hmm. And you guys are redoing that 40-unit complex to accommodate 40 families, 40 um, young families, providing them housing, mm -hmm. you know, Fucking mm -hmm. providing them stability yeah. overall. You're yeah. giving them a home to live in. Um, you're giving them structure and an opportunity to use that as a jump off. Yeah. You're giving them an, an even playing field. Yeah, man. So when you talk about Hood Heroes to me, and now I and I saw it in action, I was like, God damn, these motherfuckers bought like a multi-million dollar apartment mm -hmm. complex and they're re redoing it and everything. And what is this for? Damn, this is for 40 families who are homeless, yeah. down and out, don't have direction. You're just going to take them, grab them, put them in place, help them to get to the next level. I was like, fuck. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm doing nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I have yet to do anything. <laughs> nah, nah. So when I saw you do it, I was like, shit, yeah. I, need to, I need to talk to Justin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I keep wanting to say Clint because I, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 my boy. Yeah. I, I go yeah, Clint. Yeah. So I have to always Either think or. about it like, Justin. Yeah. Um, but Either or, baby. Either or. It's like, I need to do more. So, I told wifey about it. I said, oh, I went up to Escondido. I had a couple things going on in Escondido. I had to like, you know, build the brand, get 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 my beer up in North County, but met with you. Yeah. And I was like, that was the highlight. Yeah. I was like, oh, right on. you know, I was like, oh man, I liked you from the get when we started talking and, and, and kind of like getting to know each other. But as soon as I saw what you were doing and the people you, you have there with you sharing that same vision and working together, I was like, God damn, this fool's next level. Yeah. This, this this guy's next level. I I need to learn from him. Yeah. I need to I need to see what how I can learn to be um more like you. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I, I guess just like drop my my fucking barriers. Yeah. And you know I'm a I I want to say that I'm a really good dad. I can be a lot better. You know I I can take it to the next level. Yeah. And I feel like being involved with helping others is going to definitely help me become a better father to my children. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Dog. Thank you for that. bro. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah, at yeah, you, yeah, boy. yeah. 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 I'm right there with you, man. I mean, I, I got my, I got my great days as being a dad. Sometimes I want to give myself a certificate of uh -huh. father of the uh -huh. year. And other times I'm like, yo, dog, I give up. I'll fucking <laughs> suck, bro. <laughs> Wifeys, man. Yeah. They, they hold it down. Yeah. I don't hold it down. My, yeah. my wifey holds it down. Yeah, my, power to, my, my power to the females, man. Yeah. And, you know, that's what it's all about. I, I'll say this, man. Number one, thank you for coming out to Escondido. Mm. I think we were joking around, right? Like being, being South Bay natives, right? Like, I have family in Escondido and I never visited them because that shit's so hot, dog. Hot like, it was know, a hot day when we went up there, too. It's hot, dog. You know, I, again, dude, my, 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 my wardrobe's flannels all day long, so I'm boiling. But uh, coming out to see the place. So, so here's the deal a, a quick conversation about youth homelessness here in San Diego, man. So basically, um, when we talk about youth, basically, I'm talking about 18 to 21, even up to 24 year olds, man. So, you know, at 41 to 42, we can consider them youngsters, right? Um, and basically what what goes down is here in San Diego, man, we have one of the highest percentages of youth homelessness in the nation. You know what I'm saying? Like we all, we always in that top 10 all day long. And what that means it's is- It's a great place to live. Yeah, it's a great place to yeah. live. But every single day, every single day, there's a young person in our community that's either sleeping on the streets, park benches, uh, finding, finding 
trying to find places where they can stay safe throughout the night or in some unstable housing situation. So the common terms, couch surfing, you know, just like one place to the next, but no stability. Well, uh, the YMCA, along with a couple other organizations, shout out South Bay Community Services, uh-huh. shout out uh, San Diego Youth Services, shout out Homestart. Um, basically, all working towards the same cause. Same cause, man. We're all, we're all we're all cousins in the in the grime, dude. But basically, what we do is we find ways to provide beds for these young people to live at. Now, the the way we get to understanding how much homelessness exists, whether you're a young person or adult in the nation, it's trippy. It's kind of archaic, in my opinion. But on the same day. Every year and every city throughout our nation, teams of people go out onto the streets and they literally count how many homeless people they see. Mm. And then they take those numbers and they submit it to the, the federal government. And that is a snapshot of the amount of homelessness that exists in our nation. Mm-hmm. Well, a homeless census, a homeless census, dog, straight up, dude, look at you. So a homeless census. So, th- so that's how we get our numbers. But in our industry, in, in social service, we've known San Diego, there's, it's high. It's always been high. So in those West organiz- Coast, I'm going to assume, right? Up and down California. Yeah. You know, but but San Diego home, youth homelessness is a little bit different than you might see in even Northern California, where you'll see youngsters going up and down from even I'm mean, even from Seattle and Portland down to San Francisco. They're they're a little bit more transient. Here in San Diego, our young people tend to just like remain in these in these pockets, dude. So here's what happens. So we as as a cluster of organizations get together, provide housing opportunities. We all have, we either go out and rent apartments. We get federal dollars to help out the cause. We rent apartments or some of us have bought properties and our young people come and they stay with us and they live with us. And then we take care of the basic needs. And then on top of that, we're trying to get them on the pathway to kind of promote their prosperity. Fuck. Look at you. But every day though, dog, every day, this is, this is the worst part of it. The waiting list to get into these programs is through the fucking roof, dog. Through the roof. Every day, a young person's waiting to get the phone call. Ugh. Like, your time your time is up. That's hard. How do you make... Because you got 40 units up yeah. in Escondido. Yeah. How do you... Fuck, I don't even want to imagine. Well, who, when, who makes the cut? You're no, looking no. at names on a list. No, do you no. know these people? Like, yeah. personally, have you interviewed yeah, them, sat yeah, with yeah. them and everything? All that system exists. But what, uh, what, what moved our organization to get to a point where we went... And basically we met and said, yo, we got to, we got, we have to do more. These waiting lists are so long. We have to find an opportunity that's even bigger than what we're currently capable of providing. And so, uh, you know, YMCA is, is a big organization, dog. Everyone knows about the Y, right? Like it's, I could flash the Y badge. Everyone gets it. And so here in San Diego, the YMCA in San Diego is like the biggest Y in the fucking galaxy, dog. We're, we're so big. And we met as a team and huddled together and said, we have to buy a bigger apartment to bring in more people. So we got together, we grouped up, we bought this apartment in Escondido. The best thing about the apartment is one, the amount of spaces we have. So we can have 40 to 44 young people um, living there. But then on top of that is the way the apartment's created. It's creating a community. And we believe, dog, we believe that the environment for the most part is what set these young people behind. So we have to double down and create an environment that's going to provide more opportunity. Trust. Trust and hope and love and all that, dude. Everything that they lacked is like what you have to provide and make up for. We have to go ample. We We gotta go all the way up with it. So we made the move. 2019, we bought this place in Escondido. Uh, and now we're in the middle of a complete apartment renovation. Corner to corner, uh, wall to wall. We're wanting this place to feel as if it is top notch, the best. I say it like this. If in, fact, if in fact tragedy hit my household with me and my wife and 
my kids had to rely go through it yeah. go through an experience like this where would i want them to be and i want them to be and that's our driving force doc is i want them to be in a situation where it's top notch <coughs> excuse me so so basically we bought this place we're in the, the process of final renovations and we're going to be moving youngsters in uh december and january and getting this place completely filled now that's the easy part getting them in having them there the hard part is then the development, right? The trust, number one. Yeah. It take, dog, it takes, it, at the very least, bro, it takes it takes a year to get to a place where you can create a trusting, loving relationship with a youngster who has not, who may be completely opposite of you. But that's our expertise. Like, that's where we get down at. So we build these relationships. We, we get to a place where we can navigate, find the strengths in that young person in front of us, find what makes them the most unique individual on this planet and makes them the best at who they are and then push them forward and let them set sail and and hope to god that they're going to be good now here's the deal and making this bold decision to buy this this bad boys or 5.5 million dollars a big project man right and then on top of that doing this renovation i mean this is the old ass building right Look nice you know, though. It looks. It's gonna it look, look nice. Dude, it's, it's gonna be the shit. Look dog. like Merrill's place. It's gonna be Mal- Rose place. all day long. <laughs> dog. We're gonna be around nine point five million. So I am on a quest to bring in those that are willing to be investors in this property. You know, uh, those that are willing to be able to give us money to help us pay off our debt, to help us with our renovation, and to be long term stakeholders in really the prosperity and hope of these young people. Um, now, look, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, dog. I already shared a little bit about my history and growing up very blue collared. Like I still live in the in the paradigm where a hundred dollars is a lot of money. If I lost a hundred dollars, bro, I'm gonna be pissed off for a month. Bro, I lost my wallet. There was money in there. Ugh, I was, I was right? beyond upset. Beyond dog. Yet <laughs> I'm on a quest to find those that are out there that want to donate large sums of money, maybe to put their name on the building. You know, $3.5 million will allow your name to be on this building and be associated with, in my opinion, one of the most uh, hopeful, hope generating opportunities in Southern California. And so not that I'm trying to like uh, sell anyone. I'm just saying if there's someone out there that's like, yo, I got, I get it. I like to learn more. Let's connect, man. And you know what? The other thing too is I don't care if you got a thousand dollars, dog. Let's connect. I'll put your name on the building too, man. Motherfucker, you just said a hundred is a lot. Now you're doing a thousand. Watch yeah, your yeah, mouth. Yeah. What you we doing? We got payment options, baby. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we, have, we have a payment plan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Uh, Emo Brown, we're in. Three Punk Gales, yeah, Hellwood, anything I'm associated with from the, from the get when we first reconnected and connected legitimately for the first time. I was like, yo, I can get on board with what yeah. you're with, with what you're saying yeah, and, 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 and and what you're doing. More now, if I, if you if we had crossed paths when I was not a father, yeah, when I was you know just like whatever, yeah, and it, I don't think it would have been the same thing. Yeah. But now, fatherhood has brought me compassion, yeah, and compassion has just brought me to talking to new people and experiencing new things. Mark. Thank you, bro. Thank yeah, you for man. coming in today, man. I'm a, I'm gonna put all your information on on uh any when I release this, so people know how to get a hold of you, yeah. how to reach out to you, and, and we'll make sure that we can generate as uh, as much attention and just get your name out there on what you're doing. Do you have uh some sort of social media for Hood Heroes yet or not yet? Right, right now, my my social media is my IG, and I'll give you all that information. Perfect. I mean, my IG is really more of a collage of my lifestyle, but but I'll have it up there. I you know a, again, I I think that uh, number one, thank you. This is this is sick, man. I appreciate this. I mean, uh, 
it means a lot to me, genuinely, in the deepest part of my heart, that you're taking time. You know, I could size up a person like you very quickly, and I know you're about it, man. And to provide this platform, I appreciate it. So I would say that those that are even curious, I would love to have a conversation. I'm, I'm a no-commitment type person, man. Like, let me just talk to you. Let's figure it out. Let's see to what degree you're capable of helping. And let's also show the bigger community that this is how we all get down, man. That there's there's hope there's hope in this in the communities that we all come from in the hoods that we all come from and we're willing to be investors so so thank you man this is this has been great um, hopefully I didn't stumble on my words too much man shut up uh, you know how it goes but Justin uh, Lipford the YMCA hood heroes South Bay legend now look at you hey fucking Pendleton's when it's 110 <laughs> degrees outside you crazy I stay bro. cool baby. Alrighty, man. Thank you for cruising through. I'll post post all this up. We'll spread the word as much as we can. And uh, for sure, my Emo Brown crew, we're going to link up and see what we can do together to, at the bare minimum, help spread the word even further, man. That's all that's needed, baby. Thank you very much, my man. All right, homie. That is a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Pay our website a visit, emobrown.com. That's where you can find access to all of our episodes, information on how to join the Patreon, Emo Brown, the social club, as well as pick up all of our merch, hats, shirt, patches, masks, todo el pelo. As always, our episodes are brought to you by the wonderful people at the Miso Healthy Company award-winning true full-spectrum cbd grown in california and sold worldwide lolita's mexican food patience is the essence of fine mexican food located all throughout the san diego county specifically near dear home chula vista balboa avenue dispensary for all your medicinal or recreational cannabis needs follow them the balboa avenue dispensary thank you very much if you ever want to reach us leave us a message ask a question share a thought or just say hello give us a call 619-728-9300 thank you very much talk to you soon ¿Qué onda, muchacho? Ahí viene este miro. Si me traes... Bro?